1: Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Loyalty, described as, do
2: you care? And I care. And that's why I'm on this show. Comes a time. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) I'm a sucker for O'Teal, man. It's all that same feeling that I have.
3: That would he fill the void that I didn't even know existed. It feels so good too, as Ben said, to try to do something about an issue as opposed to complaining.
0: If you can't help. Don't hurt. If we could just
3: all get out there and throw cream puffs at each other, maybe instead of bullets and uh, angry words, it would be better. When you stop laughing, you stop living.
1: There's a worldwide surge in interest in mushrooms. It was deep, man. It's not
3: that TM makes your mind quiet down there. It already is. We're just stuck up here, we've lost access. My Jumpin' Jack Flash came out by the Stones. So I thought, all right, perfect, man. I'm gonna drive, and I started driving through the neighborhood, and I got,
1: I got a text from Mick Jagger.
4: <laughs> People saying that, you know, what we do is non-essential. Well, playing those few gigs that you saw me at felt pretty essential to me. It wasn't like they were clapping from here. Is they
0: were clapping from here. My view of things is that death, death is the last and best reward for a life well lived.
5: Like you gotta, it's the strangest of places if you look at it right, you know?
2: If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week.
5: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Comes a Time. That's O'Teal.
2: And that's Mike. And we had a good one today. Man, the guy that's building the mini wall of sound. How do you pronounce it, Mike? Anthony cassia Yeah, I'm
5: gonna say that cassia Kosia, Casia. I think it's Casia. Um, at Mini Wall of Sound on Instagram, um, and I don't remember how to say the French version on Facebook.
2: The petite Med or something. It's, it's it's the wall, Mini Wall of Sound in French on yeah. Facebook.
5: <laughs> what an amazing project! And I mean, it, it was in, it's interesting to hear how it. Came out of the pandemic again, 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 something that something sure. that a positive thing came out of the pandemic.
2: Yeah, he's got a, a unique spirit, definitely got that Grateful Dead spirit to even try to take it on because he was like, you know, one of the coolest things that he said was, I actually you know, though he obviously did a lot of research. He was like, I didn't want to do too much. I kind of wanted to find my way through all the problems and kind of arrive at it the same way they did. Yeah. Yeah. Which he did. Which,
5: uh, Which is how, if you think about how the music has become every single state has their dead cover band or their, you know, whatever it's, it's, it's all that dead spirit just kind of people go at it their own way, take their own path and, It's really awesome that he's doing this endeavor. God, what an, I I can't wait to see, you know, I I don't want to, this is one, I don't want to give any spoilers. on. Me too. I was like, there's so much
2: stuff I want to say. And I'm like, don't, we'll just get right to it.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Anthony. And you guys could support him at the end of the episode. He announces where, so check it all out. And, uh, wow. Yeah. This could be an interesting, uh, step in a whole other. Well, we'll just let you guys listen.
2: I, we're here. I hope he gets away with his, his big long-term dream and <laughs> yeah. let's see if I can help him do it. <laughs> nice. Hopefully we all can.
5: Yeah. Well, thank you, Anthony. Thanks everyone for listening. We're here on Osiris, uh, home to so many great podcasts. You can go to OsirisPod.com, check them out. And uh, we're on Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash comes up time pod for a bonus episode each week. So uh, thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Anthony, uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, you are the creator of the mini wall of sound. This is, uh, interesting. I've been seeing a lot of stuff online about this.
3: Hey, yeah, yep, real quick. A couple years in the
2: what is your, uh, origin story with the grateful dead?
3: Oh boy. Uh, I think typical, I mean, college in 1987 i think was my first introduction i think the first tapes that uh, a roommate had given me were cornell obviously and uh maple civilian from 73 and you know i I think it was a very very slippery slope from that point on i was hooked in and you know started seeing the dead in 88 and stopped in 90 one show in 94 was my last show
2: wow yeah it's pretty quick before we go on, can we do one thing? Can we sure. turn your camera horizontal? Because it'll fill in the screen, I think.
3: Yeah. Let me yeah. just uh, right to balance, okay? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. How's that?
2: Perfect. There Perfect. it is. So you got on the bus in
3: college, and that was it. it yeah, and, you know, did, did the college thing, you know, did as many tours as I could while I was in school took a took quite a break, you know. Graduated from college, you get get a job, and start having a family, and things kind of dissipated for a while there, and then really started getting back into the music more when I got into my you know later thirties, um, and you know kind of when you had more time. I mean, it's really just the way it goes.
2: <laughs> nice, nice.
3: And what do you do for a job for a living? I and mean, my day job is is I make instruments. I make guitars you know, very specific to Grateful Dead musicians. So I, I, you know, all kind of Alembic inspired or, you know, uh, Irwin inspired, you know, Bean inspired. And I make speaker cabinets that are full-sized. So, you know, the wall project was kind of a natural extension of that anyway.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. So you're a luthier too. That's super cool.
3: (laughs) Yep. This was, uh, you know, probably a fourth career for me, but it, it quickly went from being a hobby to a part-time business to a most-time business to an all-time business wow. <laughs> and now it's back to being split with this and the wall projects which is becoming bigger and bigger
2: so what made you want to bite off something so huge as <laughs> replicating
3: the wall of sound? you know it's honestly it's kind of shocking no one's ever done it since then Um, It's such this piece of the lore of the dead that you would think somebody would have wanted to at least do this on a scale uh, level. So, you know, for me, I build, you know, 100 speaker cabinets a year. So that's a third of the wall right there.
0: Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price.
3: that's sitting in my, in my shop every year. And it's like, damn, I should really just start keeping these cabinets and start building the wall. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the mini wall was more of a, you know, it's, it's COVID I've got leftover material. Now's a good time to test the waters and, and see if Perfect. people would be interested in even following a project like that, which clearly they were. <laughs> so-
5: Yet another <laughs> thing that COVID made possible.
3: Yeah. listen, a lot of people re rediscovered their creative side that that didn't, it for years so I mean, it's not all negative things
2: so you're actually using it like you're putting it out there and firing it
3: up oh yeah i mean the you know there there have been one two three uh i'm on the fifth version of the wall now so the first one was tiny i mean literally to give you a sense this is uh this is what would have been a you know jbl d120 you know a 12 inch speaker So this is, you know, the first one was an 88 cent, you know, parts express, you know, made in China, one watt speaker. And, you know, there were 400 speakers that were that size. And, you know, this size, you know, little cell phone speakers. And, you know, it was, it was really meant more as almost a sculpture and the the concept that I could actually get sound out of it was a bonus, but it sounded surprisingly good for, for what it was Um, the quarter scale which is the one that's complete now that I've had at the Capitol Theater and toured around with, um, I mean, that's a, a serious sound system. I and mean, it It'll put 120 decibels into a 400-person room in oh. crystal clear without really pushing it. And it's still wow. only you know, 10 feet tall by 14 feet wide.
2: Man, well, we to so, yeah. get this thing on a an no and friends, gig. <laughs>
3: well, know, the cap with Melvin. to play through it. It, and it does function sort of like the wall of sound. It's a little bit of a hybrid, but you can plug instruments in and have each person go through their own channels. But, you know, once you put a drum kit and five musicians in front of it, it's kind of like, you know, looking at, uh, at Spinal Tap, you know, with, with Stonehenge, you know, it's even though it's really amazing and sounds great, you know, it just doesn't, the scale doesn't work. Um, Wasn't you know, the, the current project's a whole other beast, though.
5: Owsley's original plan with that was to be able to hear the music a mile away, right?
3: Yeah. And, and I don't doubt at all that that was the case. I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you do the math and you might not have listened to and danced to music at a mile away, but certainly at a quarter of a mile away, you're going to hear, you know, hear what's going on. It's, uh, wow. you know, it's, it's, it's a very linear system. So if you're in its path, you're going to hear it.
2: <laughs> Jeez. Did you ever get to meet Owsley?
3: Nope, nope. Uh, so I, I guess when, when he moved to Australia, I can't even remember. But, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, it was that's
5: right. many it years
3: ago, but it, it, he would have been a great, a great resource. I mean, I, I certainly <laughs> talked to a lot of people that, you know, have had lots of information, but there is no one person out there that knows everything about the wall. And so you kind of have to dig around and get little bits and pieces from different people.
2: Yeah. So what was that search like? Like, where did you start? to try to do that research or who did you start with? I guess I should say.
3: Well, you know, initially I started with just let's, let's scale this thing to a model. And that's, that's pretty easy to do. There's enough, uh, there's enough photographs out there where I know the size of a JBL, you know, D one forty or something. I can scale it off and, and come up with all the dimensions. And then when it comes to some of the other things, I mean, people like Rick Turner were a big, uh, was a big help. Uh, Richie Petschner who did a lot of those iconic photographs and and was also a a roadie at the time also had a lot of good information and and just a lot of people like me who have been digging into this for years uh, have gathered a lot of information or own individual components to the wall so it's just really aggregating all that stuff and and starting to assemble it
5: Um, I I remember in one of the early books maybe it was Paul Grushkin's book Deadheads um, Mm -hmm. there was a fold out uh, drawing like a schematic drawing, yeah, yeah, yeah. two pages full with the ouroboros in the middle of it, the serpent eating its own tail of the wall, like and the, it was almost kind of like a rough sketched blueprint.
3: Yeah, and it shows underneath each column what what the column represented too. Yes, pretty, exactly. Pretty, and, and, and trust me, that was my wallpaper for for a long time. I mean, it's it's a, a great quick reference guide to what's what. And now, of course, it's ingrained in my mind and I can tell you what every single speaker did. But, you know, that that was a perfect scale drawing of, you know, the ultimate 1974 wall. So, you know, it's a lot of people have that poster on their wall.
5: Yeah. From the minute I saw that you were doing this, I thought about that picture and I kind of remember like staring at that. And I'm not at all as like mechanically or uh, (laughs) speaker cabinetly inclined as you are. So I just remember looking at it going, I still, I mean, look, we've talked about to the parish a couple times and like, I just still don't know how the hell they moved that thing night after night after, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's just mind blowing that that was a physical feat.
3: Yeah. That, I think that was accomplished. And, and that's what some people don't really understand about the project is, you know, you could build, you could do this project as a monument to the wall or to the dead or to the roadies. But really, it's it's more of a, um, you know, if, if you were to try to think of what would be this physical manifestation of what the ethos of the dead is, it's the wall of sound. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, here you have this huge dysfunctional family that somehow managed to do something that was massive, uh, just logistically a nightmare, uh, technically b- groundbreaking, and somehow they were able to pull this off. Um, and obviously, it imploded at some point. But you know, I think the whole concept that they really didn't care what it took, or what it cost, or what the ultimate cost of the band is like. We got to do because we just want to put out the thing we can, and 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 so there was there was no commercial logic to it, you know
2: yes there's no commercial and no logic <laughs> <laughs> or physical
3: that's that's a lot of I mean, it's, they, it's they that way in a lot of parts of it. there were so many things they could have done yeah so and i and i can tell you even on a small scale i mean yeah if they have 15 people assembling a wall of sound four people working on my half scale wall of sounds and i take just as much time and you got to lug just as many speakers and set up just as much scaffolding so it's you know, Jeez. you get a very quick sense for what they went through on a smaller scale. Um, well, what's the actual... Well, yeah, this half scale is not small. It's 20 feet tall. <laughs> yeah.
5: So what were the actual dimensions of the original?
3: You know, it's funny, because be, uh, when you listen to interviews, whether it's with Big Steve or other people, the dimensions, like, it's like the fish was this big, you know, <laughs> i heard it was 100 feet wide and it was 40 feet tall. When the reality is that... the the tallest column of speakers was right around 30 feet tall. The the wall itself was probably 60 feet wide. Uh, if you would look uh, at speaker to speaker, left to right, the stage was much bigger. But you know, it's still. I mean, it's three stories tall by uh, you know four stories wide. And uh, you know, I think if you look at it, you know, compared to some of the stage setups for modern concerts, I think by today's standards, we probably look at it and go, oh, "It looks it looks it looks cute," you know, <laughs> but it's. Just the sheer amount of 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 speakers with no like you look at a line array, you look right past it, you know, with the wall. There's no looking past it. It's everything behind the band.
2: I love That's this. the part that scares me the most is as much as I would love to play through it, when I first saw it, I was like, Why in the hell did they put it behind the band? Like you're gonna go deaf in like three nights. Like it must have
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, so... you know, I think you're you, there's some valid points here, but there's some things that you have to keep in mind is, all right, you're playing the bass. You've got 36, 15 inch speakers, but you're really only standing in front of four of them, you know? So mm-hmm. the rest of them are above you, below you. And, and so every musician is still not getting that full effect. Ah, that said, yes. you, you've, you know, you've probably stood in front of a 12 inch JBL with 200 Watts going through it. And it's ear piercing. So, you oh, know, I, I'm yeah. sure the stage volume was loud, but I don't think it was as bad as people would, would make it out to be. Um, so I can walk the... up to my quarter scale, put my ear to it and go, yeah, that's loud. And it's not till I stand yeah. back 10 feet and I go, shit, that's really loud. Oh, wow. Because not getting that full field.
2: Yeah, so it takes time that the sound throws a certain distance so farther back. Yeah, yeah, that's you're, true. You're not
3: hearing everything. And so you, you find that the volume uh or the just the the perceived loudness of the wall doesn't drop off like in a normal loudspeaker where every time you double the you know the distance, you lose X number of decibels. It drops off about half as much with the line array. So the further back you go, oh. up until maybe 50 or 60 feet, it doesn't decline in volume a lot. And then after oh. that, it kind of does it more more traditionally.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Wow. So I'm, I, I think you said something earlier that makes me think that I wasn't uh, clear on how the wall is set up. Or were you saying that, like, in this section of the wall would be filled, this section of the wall would be, it's like yeah, everybody.
3: I mean, it's a real simple way to look at it is, you know, think back to a kid and you had a little garage band. You showed up at the garage with your one by 15 bass amp. The only difference is, is that Phil has a, you know, thirty-six by fifteen combo amp. I mean, it's there was nothing between him. He went from his bass into two Olympic F two Bs into four Macintosh MC twenty three hundreds, and right into his speakers. There was no, there's no one at a soundboard saying, "Hey, Phil, we got to turn you down or tweak you." It was just a huge combo amp to him, and th- the same for every member of the band. he
5: had that base that had every knob like can you talk about that
3: sure i mean uh, he had mission control which rick turner you know built for him which you know i am building this half scale scale wall with the intent that it is set up to run the quad base where it was really a six-way system where you could run it in you know you could have every string mapped to nine of the 36 speakers and or you could run it in just all of them going to all of them a bunch I of mad scientists, people, dude. <laughs> you no, know, yeah. I mean, people think that Phil used that all the time, but he didn't. I think he used it for, you know, probably for some some real heavy bass jams or what he was doing, uh, you know, Seastone stuff, um, you know, where it was just crazy feedback and stuff. But when it comes to just regular songs, he was just playing like a standard bass. But yeah. the concept is pretty wild. Sure uh, is. So, you know, I, I, I designed the second one to make sure that, you know, we could plug Mission Control right into it. And have it play exactly like it would have through the wall. Shit,
2: man, what a crazy (laughs) cool thing. They built
5: that thing before computers, before, you know what I mean? That's the thing that I think about too, with that is like, I imagine like nowadays if a band, you know, I mean, yeah, you have an iPad and you look and you're like, oh, this is faulty or this is like, this needs tweaking. You have like a control panel, you know, digitally. If something fried during a show, they just kind of, they had to know it. It was like only that one crew could figure that out, you know?
3: And they blew up a lot of speakers as a result. So I, you know, what I, what I've been trying to do, at least up through this point is do sort of a hybrid where, you know, my goal is to use newer technology, wherever it makes the system more safe, more scalable, and maybe a little bit more control where you can't blow up half the wall. But I want the perception to be that from a musician's perspective, that when they plug in, it should be no different. They should feel like they have 100 percent autonomous control over their own speakers, you know, just like they're in the garage. So, you know, I, wow. I've done that where now everyone's going to, you know, may go through the soundboard just to route them to their speakers. And I can set limits on certain things. But I can also now take this this half scale wall. Let's say that, uh, you know, you want to run a band through it. That's not the dead. And they don't like playing with, you know, Fender and JBL speakers. They like their their Marshalls and Celestials. Well, we can set up a bunch of Kemper profiling rigs, and now they can dial in exactly what they want, still be playing just through their own speakers, but not have to sound exactly like one, one you know, one tone, you know, path or, or another.
2: Now, can you explain what tempered profiling is? <laughs> oh,
3: there's yeah. this, uh, a Kemper profiler, uh, and there's a lot of brands oh, of, of these things out there, but... You know, nowadays, because a lot of musicians end up going, rather than going through their amp, they can go direct to the soundboard and then to the PA. So these, these profilers simply are essentially computers that say, hey, I want this to mimic a Fender Twin Reverb preamp and mimic a Macintosh Power Amp and mimic a JBL D120 speaker and do an admirable job of, of mimicking that without ever having to have a, an amplifier on the stage. It can go right through the soundboard.
2: So it's amp so, modeling, basically, or it's Yeah, it's amp, modeling. speaker,
3: cabinet modeling. <clears throat> um, so I'm sort of using it differently in that I'm not going to be putting that stuff into uh, a PA system. I'm basically taking it from the musician, kind of shaping it the way we want, and then giving it right back to the musician in their speakers only. So from them, they don't really know that the signal path is going through the soundboard and all that. They just know that what's coming out is what they expect it to sound like. At least that's the plan and the goal. <laughs> wow. That's cool.
2: What was the most surprising thing that you found about the Wallace Sound in your research about it? Like from having to go, okay, I'm going to actually replicate this.
3: You know, I wouldn't say there was, I mean, you just assume it's going to be a pain in the ass to deal with. And there's going to be all these things that are going to go wrong and everything that you would assume is true. Um, I'll tell you something that, that really I didn't even think about until I went back and really examined pictures is the the first time we tested out this half scale, uh, we tested out just Phil's speakers. So these are 18, in this case, 18 one by eights in a stack and then another stack of 18 next to it. When you stack up 18 feet tall of speakers, I don't care how well made those cabinets are, they're not all square. (laughs) So if they're off by a, a 32nd of an inch, You get up six feet in the air, and the tower's now leaning three inches, and the whole thing's moving. So you go back and look at pictures, and yeah, they had that same problem. You could see little shims everywhere because they had to shim the speakers (laughs) as they went up. And it's pretty terrifying being 18 feet in the air with all these speakers above you. And you're like, oh, shit, I probably should have thought about leveling this.
2: Yeah, like shims are going to keep me from dying. (laughs) That's, That's it. Think about that some of those outdoors. <laughs>
3: yeah, just
5: playing in like a a fairground or something with like crazy right. winds blowing behind them. Maybe a tapestry between them and the wind.
3: Yeah. I'm blown away that they took this thing outdoors. I mean, you can't control wind. This thing is a giant sail, and you know, I'm sure by today's codes, you know, OSHA would probably <laughs> totally. never let them do the wall in in that that format. But you know, I can tell you that you know one of the hardest things doing at scale, even half scale is I need real scaffolding to lash this stuff down. But if I use real scaffolding, the stuff's going to look huge and stupid. So when I have to fabricate all this half scale, you know, scaffolding that while it theoretically can hold my weight, I can't use it as a platform to set things up. I got to set up a rolling scaffold behind the scaffold that I can actually use just to assemble things. You so it, scaffold
2: it, the scaffold.
3: Yeah. it's it's honestly a a lot of doing a scale version is i think much more difficult than just doing the the full scale i mean the full scale has obvious you know constraints like weight space things like that oh i just find new ones with the scale one every day they're like oh shit i didn't think about that you know (laughs) like i I like the little metal clips that go on the speakers you know well i gotta now fabricate all those in tiny scale and it's you know the thing is it it when I started this out and I maintained this all the way through is there's several things about the wall that people are attracted to. Obviously, the sound is one of them. The mystique is another one. But if it doesn't look like the wall, it doesn't matter how good it sounds. Yeah. So I, I literally, I've, I've probably spent, me and my volunteers have probably spent 24 hours over the last two years doing nothing but coloring in dust caps on speakers over because the smaller speakers don't come with aluminum dust caps, but if they're not sober, there's someone out there that's looking at on and I'll get I'll get like five emails. Hey, how come the third speaker down on the left, the <laughs> baffle of the speaker is white, and not black? I have to explain to them, you know, hey, sometimes they broke one, they needed one quickly, and they ran out of paint, so. So I've included a certain number of speaker baffles that are white and not black, you know,
5: Amazing. there's
3: fanatical people out there that I think put me to shame.
5: No too. dead fans. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> no,
3: <laughs> yeah right. You know, we're, we've mastered the art of, of finding a hair that's when split split four ways and then trying to find ways to split it, you know, four more ways. And wow. But, but you know, I, I, I had comments like on this initial model, that was really a toy I made all the dual microphones uh, on these little scale microphones that were like eight inches tall. And oh, yeah. I used, uh, I used humbucker screws as the microphones. And then I dipped the ends of the humbucker screws in black paint. So they looked like they had windscreens on. And I swear I had people calling me and saying, really impressive that you remember the foam windscreens on the microphones."
2: <laughs> they were going to so, nail you on that one. Yeah.
3: But, but you know, it's true. I mean, even with this quarter scale one, if you sit in the room, you turn all the lights off and you're 15 feet away it's gonna look like you're looking at the wall of sound if you were 50 feet away. Once you lose all that frame of reference around you of things like couches yes. and people, you know, yes. it's, you can actually have that experience of the wall of sound without it being full scale.
2: Wow. Can you imagine being there for the real thing? Like just, and you know, they were tripping really hard. <laughs> like that had to be like totally unforgettable. Yeah. Cause it sounded amazing. Yep. But then the whole thing, like when you're dosed, just like...
5: Well, and just the oh. era of those tunes, like, you know, like a, like a, <laughs> like, a heavy, like, fill bomb going yeah. into the other one or that first, yeah. like, D of a morning dew, you know, or whatever it may be. I first mean, that D
2: just, of shakedown. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. Hey there,
5: Osiris listeners. I wanted to tell you about our friends over at SmartWolf. For more than 25
3: years, Smartwool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable because they want to help you play, laugh, and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take. Because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They're here to help you feel good.
0: Now it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. Smartwool. Go far,
4: feel good.
3: It had to have something to do with the wall. The fact that, yes, while, while doing all this under the influence of lots of drugs, to have an entire year where I don't know that I've heard a single bad show from the wall of sound era. I mean, every show is just tight unless they didn't want it to be tight. So how yeah. could you pull that off unless... The wall was was feeding you all the information you needed to do your best, you know. And so I what think were the was, years?
2: What were the years that the wall actually was? That's was 74. Couple, oh, so that's before. Shape that's down, it. Right? Yeah, so like 72, down. 73,
3: yeah. they were starting to build components. So <laughs> they would say that Naples um, Pavilion was the first wall show, but it wasn't the wall that you and I know. All the parts were on stage, but they weren't set up the way that we're, we're used to. So, you know, the first wall of sound was Cow Palace in 74. And the last yeah. show was, uh, you know, I don't remember the last show, whether it was Winterland or something. Or It was, yeah, it was in 74 as well. <clears throat> wow. It's
5: interesting during the Grateful Dead movie, there's a piece when they're at soundcheck and Jerry's kind of standing at the wall and they're all like on their harnesses going up and he's yeah. pointing up and he's like, and you could see that he's kind of asking something of them, you know, and I don't remember exactly what it is, but he's like, that would be the hippest if we could do that, you know, whatever. And they just were kind of like, all right, cool. And they, whatever he was asking, they had to they did. And uh, but it was so interesting just to see the all hands on deck.
3: Yeah. Well, kind of- I think if there was a single defining moment for me that got me hooked on the wall sound in general, it was from the Grateful Dead movie as well. And it's when Phil's playing with Mission Control and he's he's just screwing around. And he's oh, like, Look, the I'm feedback from the like, camera over here. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah. man, this guy is totally geeking out over this. And it just was like, you could tell that this wasn't just, hey, here's your new PA system. Go play around with it. No, no, no. They were they were really into it. And yeah, I'm sure they didn't show the parts where they were cursing it. And I'm sure there were a lot of those. But, you know, that that hooked me on, on the whole concept.
2: Have you gotten to uh, interact with any of the original members? Have they gotten to see it?
3: And No, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure they've seen it online and things like that. I know when we had it at the Capitol, when Phil returned to the cap last year, you know, it was right in the middle of COVID. So Phil was either on the bus or on the stage. But, you know, you had Jimmy Herring came out and saw it. I think I think the first words out of his mouth were something like, holy shit. <laughs> and uh, Rob Barocco came out. And uh, uh, so, yeah, you know. It's, I think it's pretty well known about it. I'd love to see it, I think I'd I'd rather wait now because I'm I'm within probably six or eight weeks of finishing the half scale. And this is, you know, this is something big enough to put in a 2,000 seat arena, you know, easily. Um, You know, it's 50 plus thousand watts. It's 20 feet tall and 30 feet wide. So, you know, this one was designed for gigging versus, you know, versus for playing music. Um, but I was my, the, the, the thing I, that I like about having got this uh, technology built in is if someone said to me, hey, the only multi-track recordings from the wall of sound were from the Winterland, from the movie. If someone gave me those multi-tracks, I could play them back through the half scale wall and send every track to the speakers they would have played out of. And you could actually hear you Jesus. Know, that same show played exactly as it would. And you'd hear it as it, you would have heard it then which I just think would be the, that would be the bee's knees.
2: Yeah. Like have video, like have a video screen. Yeah. And then have okay. the sound come through, get sync it synced oh. up and have the sound Dude, Yeah.
3: And That'd you, you hear Jerry coming out of Jerry, you hear Phil coming out of just his I and mean, you hear it exactly as you would have heard it if you were there. And fortunately with digital mixers and, you know, all the DAWs that are out there, you can, you can take those multi-tracks and just point them, point them where you want them to go. Dude, that's um. bananas.
2: I might
5: yeah.
3: have
2: to microdose for that
3: one. bro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe that's a macro day.
3: Um, I mean, that would be
2: so cool. Yeah.
5: I'd love for Parrish to see this thing.
2: Me too. Well, yeah, that's where I I'm know, going. I'm like, I I know the guys. So I'm like, yeah. let's set it up. Like, where is it? Where can we get them to come see it? Cause we, they need it, to you know,
3: do it. I'm I'm hoping that by uh, end of October, uh, by mid November, maybe uh, it is hundred percent operational. And, you know, I, am I'm, I'm very fortunate that I, my space is about 1500 square feet and I run out of space. I couldn't set up, you know, a quarter of it in here. So, uh, you know, there's a foundation spread music now that, uh, supports, you know, music education initiatives. And I know the guys and I've done some work with them in the past. And I, I called them up and said, Hey, You know, you guys know people involved with the arts. Do you know anyone that might be willing to donate some warehouse space for, you know, two to six months? And they said, you know, we just closed down a church yesterday. (laughs) So I am moving into a church as we speak that has 40 foot ceilings. And while it's not big enough to really push the wall, I can set the whole thing up, get it tested out. And have people come in and, you know, at least the the people that I want to have experience see it before I have to find a a bigger location for it. So um, I'm really hoping this fall it's it's ready to go. You know, so
5: it's Alice's Restaurant meets the Grateful
2: Dead movie. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you can have Thanksgiving at the church. Exactly. the thing I think it would be so cool, like if there is a venue that it could stay at for whatever amount of time that all these bands could roll through and play through it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Phil well, and other- Friends, Bob, well, Bob probably won't want to do it because it'll be so, he won't let the, what about he about you, won't too let too? Don- yeah. us have that many bass cabinets. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, I mean, that would be so cool. I'd I'd love for Teal and Friends to get a crack at that J-Red Dark Star yeah. Orchestra. I mean, you know, what a cool this thing to goal, just be able know? to play the venue where it's set up right. and have the crowd come in and I mean, but, wow, I'd like to hear I'll, that I'll bass through I it,
3: do, man. And, you know, you're, you're obviously welcome to join in any time. You know, the half scale is really, the whole purpose of this was to do a version that was fully functional and giggable. But ultimately, I'd like to see it either go to like three or four month residencies and where it then can yeah. move around or just yeah. find a permanent home where kind of regional bands can, and local people can show up and actually play through the wall. But it was really done... Um, with the, the, the primary goal being, this is my marketing piece to get funding to build the full scale wall, which is, you know, yeah. that'll start the day this is done. And, and what oh, I want wow. for that is, I want, to, I want somebody to, to work with me and rebuild the Winterland on the East Coast, because I'm on the East Coast, and have a Winterland, you know, Grateful Dead Museum, Wallace Sound Museum, where it's just a permanent Wall Sound venue. Uh, and then just and build you know, it
5: and put it in there.
3: Yeah, find an old dilapidated skating yeah. ring just like the, the Winterland. And, uh, and fix it up and, and make a Winterland East, you know, like the Fillmore East. Nope, we got the Winterland East with the wall of sound. Um, Peter Shapiro. Hello. <laughs> uh, I've talked to Peter about it, yes, uh, I uh, I him, yeah. I bet you I was trying to build the FOMO on this one, you know. <laughs> Someone's going to do it.
2: <laughs> no, it has to. I think it's a great idea because even just the half-scale one, but if you have the full one, yeah. like set up somewhere in a venue, I'm partial to the – just stay in one place because moving it, yes. it's such a, yeah. but if it's in one place, I think if you did that, just recreated Winterland somewhere uh, and be then a all these bands people. could come.
3: Yeah, dude. Are yeah. You so, oh, wow. I've had people Everybody drive six hours to see the quarter scale wall and they were glad to go six <laughs> hours to see it. Um, you know, yeah. this is a whole, just the whole other thing. And, you know, but you know, when, if you are on the, in the Northeast on a tour, anytime in the next, uh, you know, three to six months, it will be there and you are, you know, you can show up with that instrument. And I'm trying to work on building a, a quad base of my own to work with it so that we can really play with it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I have a feeling that once this is done, getting the full scale project going is going to be easier than this one was. It, it's hard to get money from people <clears throat> to fund a model, even if it's still huge, but when people see this and they go, wow, this is real, they'll be more apt to want to be involved with the, with the full scale. creation.
5: You know, you just brought something up about building a quad base. And I wanted to ask you, like, does, is doing these various models bigger, small, smaller, you know, or biggest to now? Yep. Has that changed the way that you look at building instruments?
3: Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, the only thing is, I, I certainly, it certainly changed what instruments I enjoy. Now, know, I've always been a fan of Wolf. Well, Wolf was the guitar played through the wall all the time. So how much of the tone was Wolf versus the fact that all the recordings were through the wall? It was probably a, a mix of both, but there's yeah. something about that. That's like the golden age of the dead is Wolf and yeah. the wall Phil yeah. yeah. with Combo. the quad and, you know, Phil with his big goofy lamb's wool, whatever uh, strap on his base. <laughs>
2: that was, I
5: love that thing. Such a perfect I mean, era. Yeah,
3: it, it really, it really was. I mean, and, it's it's funny the parallels between 74 and now we're building this this wall in the midst of essentially a gas price. I mean, that's what bankrupted the wall practically, is they had all these semis trucking around the country in the middle of a, a time when we were waiting online on alternate days to buy gas. And you know, I was Perfect. paying five dollars a gallon for gas the other day. So it's not that far off only I need four sprinter vans, not four, uh, <laughs> not four semis.
4: Yeah,
2: Jesus, <laughs> so crazy man. So well, I really hope uh, I, 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 I. Now you got my brain turning because I remember Phil saying that, like, how could you not like you know this enormous yeah. ever made the thirty foot bass cabinet? And I was like, I would be afraid to touch my bass. But now that you said, like, you're only hearing the ones, the ones the ones right behind you, essentially like all the the rest are blowing past you. That's gotta be one hell of a, right. you gotta feel like Thor,
3: you oh know? My God. Yeah. Like, wow. That, that's it. And and it's funny. We had, we had a really good bass player. Uh, Dan came out when we set up all these, uh, all these, you know, eight inch speakers. And he's like, it was almost like I forgot how to play music because all I wanted to do was try out different notes and chords and things just to see how they'd sound to it. Because it is a, you know, he's like, I didn't want to play a song. I just wanted to do this just to see how it would sound. And and yeah. it's amazing how different it is when we stack up nine speakers by four versus 18 speakers by two. Totally different sound. You know, mm. you, you would think same speakers, same wattage, same everything. But no, launching them vertically that tall, they all start to couple together. And it totally changes how everything sounds. And that's why full speakers were, you know, 28 feet tall is, you know, that was the the length of the standing base wave of the low E, 40 hertz. So that Jeez. translates to we got to make the cabinets 28 feet tall. That's why it's that tall. That tall. Um, so I can't go 28 feet tall with the half scale. But yeah. once you get a little bit over, um, over half, you start to get some of those benefits of, of the of the, at least the speakers kind of coupling together
5: yeah. and that crew literally built a castle every time they went to a different place i mean it's it, just listening to in long strange trip listening to to steve talk about how it was like you know they were they were there yep. way before everybody else built it set everything up made sure everything was secure then the band came and sound checked and then the band played i mean marathon shows then right and then the minute that the show was over they started breaking down loading and then off to the next gig
3: it's you know there's some disinformation people thought that there were multiple walls of sound that were trucked all around the country there was only one wall of sound Uh, can you hear me all right yeah my 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 bluetooth kicked out so i'm on the phone now Mm -hmm. um the there was one wall of sound multiple sets scaffolding because think about where the real effort went in it's you got to set up a stage that's you know, hundred feet wide by 50 feet deep and then build all the scaffolding. So yeah, the but scallop. still, uh, I can tell you that, you know, they were able to, from the time they started load in, you know, six hours later or whatever, have everything at least physically erected. That's crazy. That's, and, and
2: superhuman.
3: There's, there's a great video out there. You know, they took this whole thing to Europe for four, four venues or three venues. And there's some home video out there of them hoisting these speakers up there. None of this stuff would be OSHA proof. They've just got ropes tied around them. They're pulling them up with pulleys while they're standing directly below the speakers, and there's 150 cabinets before you even get to that big center, you know, vocal array.
5: And then we talked with Steve about like just even like the old roads that they had to drive through to get there.
3: Yeah, exactly. Oh, Hang on man. one second here. Somehow <laughs> a call came through. it's amazing. <laughs> you know, no, I, if God. you talk to Billy about it, he was terrified because he was, you know, he was in the, the drum kit right underneath that vocal uh, array, which that yeah. weighed, I'm guessing, right around like 3,000 pounds oh. and it's swaying in the wind. So they pulled him forward a bit, I think, so he wasn't directly under it. And, you know, in this half scale version, it's five feet by five feet by three feet and weighs about 700 pounds. That's going to kill you just as easily. Yeah.
2: Oh, Jesus. yeah. 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 Move me, man. I look up all the time, you know, when things start getting windy yeah. and stormy. And yep. I'm like, because there's some really big trusses. Yeah. Right? Uh, this happened to me in a, a club at some beach town. A friend of mine <clears throat> was a lead singer. He was a really bad alcoholic, too. Um, and he bent down and i saw this happen i was not on stage i just happened to <clears throat> be looking at the stage yeah. and so you hear this bang and i went like that and sam the singer had bent down to pick something up off the floor and the thing was like right above oh,
4: it wow know,
2: where he would like if he had he would have died if he yeah. had been just standing up, like he bent down at the right exact moment, it sounded like a bomb going off, and oh, he yeah. went straight to the bar and started drinking. Yeah. It was like <laughs> it's, noon or whatever. It's
3: like the wall where one speaker can fall off. If a truss comes down, yeah, everything's coming down. I mean, it stopped, <laughs> the
2: the chain stopped it, but it sounds and and so whenever I'm on stage, I know it's probably gonna stop way before yep. it hits my head or what? Well, I don't know how they have it set would, up. I'm sure it's safe, safe <laughs> but I can't shake the feeling I still look and then I move this way I'm gonna stand right here while this thing's swinging <laughs> like this you know yep. and when you think about like we lower our speakers now when storms happen they just sit yep. on the stage because they start oh, wow. swinging so far like I can't imagine the walls
3: like with shims and rope I'm just like yeah. uh uh yeah, they got, they got rope. Not chains, not cables, just just rope. every now and then kind of looks like they were tying things off, but largely it's you know, it's not like it's hung from a truss it's it's just being held in place by its own weight. We even found that when we stacked all those speakers up, after playing it for about a half hour, you look up and the top speaker is a quarter of the way off the one below it because it's the only one without weight on top of it. So now it's oh. like,, all right, the top speaker's got to get you know somehow screwed in place, otherwise, yeah. Nothing's holding it in place. <laughs>
5: Damn. Didn't even think about that.
3: Yeah. Well, I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs>
5: it's like, well, that kind of goes to my cords, point. You like... learn
3: these things that, you know, yeah. they probably yeah. learned all these lessons that I learned now on a larger scale. And, and part of me likes the fact that I'm trying to figure these things out without doing too much research, because I think you end up at the same conclusion and it's kind of neat when you, you arrive at that same, that same answer that they did on your own. Yeah, sure. it makes you feel a little less alone in it. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's really cool, though. I mean, it's a it's kind of a great way to honor it. Is to take that same path. Yeah,
3: yeah. You know, now, listen, they they were smart people and had really brilliant people working on this, but at the same time, they were flying by the seat of their pants. You know, and yeah. you, know, you you can tell just by looking at if you look at one year's worth of wall shows, find me two shows where every speaker was in the same place. No, yeah. yeah, they were angling things a little different maybe there were one less speaker here you know maybe it's because they dropped one and broke it or maybe it's because they were tuning it to the space but yeah. you know whatever it is it was a constantly evolving thing even after you know let's say cow palace when we all thought that was the finished version it kept yeah. changing yeah uh, and, and so, if you think you know, about it's, the it's,
5: venues the venues that they played were either like yeah fairgrounds which were yeah. wide open flat spaces in the middle of the country and like tornado you know alley yeah. all the way to like veterans memorial coliseum type you know like like minor league hockey arenas and shit yeah an eight
3: thousand seat is what the you know, the winterland was i think and that's jeez this the it must have
5: been so loud in there oh my god
3: if those you places look at, uh, echo uh, naturally. Palace in london uh, I don't know if if you've ever seen that hotel. It's the
5: Dix Pick seventy four, right? Yeah. That. Yeah.
3: So that that is one of the the few Europe uh, wall shows, and it was just this this uh, this arts and entertainment music complex built in the eighteen hundreds, and it has like had one of the largest pipe organs in Europe, and they set up the wall right in front of this pipe organ. I mean, to <laughs> me, that had to be the coolest venue to set that thing up in front of, just because it looks like you're playing in like you know a cathedral. And which is really cool because this, this church I'm setting up in now has a pipe organ in it. So I feel like I'm in this, this mini, you know, Alexandra palace. It's, it's just wild.
2: That's so That's cool. Crazy.
5: <laughs> so, so the goal would be like, obviously like the big, the big piece, like you said, you know, we know that goal, but then this yeah. other piece, like you said, they're like a touring one. So do you feel like you'd build it custom for bands to kind of take with them? Listen, or
3: if, if someone wanted to commission me to build a half scale one, or I didn't have to operate it, I'm all for it. You know, the problem is (laughs) it's a tough sell to a venue. I mean, I understand it. Like, you know, the amount of money it would cost for me to bring in a half-scale wall for one gig, that's going to take three days to do. And, you know, for four guys, no one's going to give me 20 grand just to set up the PA system. Um, But to put it in a venue for, hey, you know, you got to pick a place in the Northeast and you're going to have it there for three months and you're going to lease it for three months and you're going to promise me that any local band or regional band that wants to get their shot can find a way where, I don't care if it's the 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. slot. people. I want people to have this chance to experience it no matter what level they're at. Yeah, um, cool. Obviously, getting a DSO or getting you, know, you guys to come play would be great. But, you know, at the half scale, I really want the normal person who's a fan and a musician to be able to come, you know, plug in and try it out. So and then after three months, I don't mind, you know, taking a week off every three months to load it up and move it out of the Midwest and set it up in Chicago for three or four months. Nice. I just need to find uh, the vehicle to do that or or the venues that want to commit to uh, enough time to make it worth doing. So any any direction you have in that respect is I'm open.
2: <laughs> well, I really like your idea about the museum, like just set it up permanently yeah. yep. in the right venue and then everybody just can come through you know, right. Perpetually. And then have the whole, I don't know, just, but we got to dream big, right? Cause that's what they that's did. It. You
3: know, like I, it's funny. I, I, I've learned through this project. I, I'm not one of those people. I'm generally humble and I don't like asking for anything. And yeah. probably the biggest growth thing for me is now I just ask, because if you don't ask, you don't receive. And I trust me, I give a lot back, but so far, yeah. every time I've asked for something, People have been more than willing to help, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm moving into a church this week because I asked for space
5: Yeah, that's really
3: and cool. uh, I'm, I'm, I don't take that at all for granted, but you know, this is a big project and when you get to a full scale wall where you're talking millions of dollars, you know, you're not going to get there by just hoping someone shows up and says, yeah, I like your idea. I want to do it. You've got to somehow go after it and find these people. Yeah.
2: Wow. Well, there is someone there who is super passionate and has so much money to burn, and it's just you got to meet the where they're like ah, oh, and they catch the vision and yeah, and uh, it's doable. So we're speaking it, we're speaking it out into the universe. Ask yeah. and ye shall receive. You already got your church. <laughs> yeah. Boom, like, let's, let's 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 go big. You
5: know? yeah. uh, this exactly. is awesome, man, so, Anthony. Thank you, and I really appreciate you joining us today.
3: Oh, well, thank you, guys, so much.
2: Yeah, you have such a great spirit about this man. I, I love uh, hearing all of it, how it changed you, and just everything. It's really, truly uh, part of that Grateful Dead pioneer spirit. So uh, thanks so much, man. Where
5: can everyone find you if uh, for that are listening and watching?
3: Well, for for following the project, uh, it's right now. It's just Facebook and Instagram. So on Instagram, they can follow me on a you know mini wall of sound on, uh, uh, that's on Instagram on Facebook. I'm La Petite Meur de Somme. <laughs> which, uh, is, <laughs> okay. And that was just a joke when I started on like, oh, I'll name it something funny, class up the joint a bit. And I, so I named it French and, and, uh, I think, uh, uh, Rosie McGee called me out and said that, you know, petite with an E is feminine and the wall is masculine. So I had to change that. <laughs> but <laughs> So if Rosie says I have to change it, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. So they they can follow along there. Um, You know, when we get to the big project, I'll get a real website where people, anyone who's not on those platforms can go. Um, And there's a GoFundMe. If you search for many wall sound on GoFundMe, anyone who wants to contribute can. Um, But yeah, I mean, this project doesn't happen with people not getting excited about it and, and keeping the word going, you know. Right on! I'm
2: glad we can help do that, and I'm going to go contribute to it today. (laughs) Today's my brother's birthday, so in honor of Kofi, I'm going to go put some money on the wallet sound. See, (laughs) I have a little selfish reasoning. I want to feel what Phil felt. Yeah, but
3: uh, no. In all honesty, guys, you know, when, when you're in town, you just just give me a shout, and I'll make it happen. Obviously, Mike, you're, you're local. So, you know, yeah, you can we'll come check in, it out. Yeah. But, uh, I'll plug you know, my
5: acoustic electric in and uh, yeah. play a <laughs> road gym here it, It's or worth it just quiet. to stand
3: in front of it, even at that scale. It's just awe-inspiring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get no, I would fun, love to. every time.
2: Yeah. yeah. Thank oh, you, Anthony. Really
5: appreciate it. All right,
3: it. guys. Let's take care.
2: Bless you, brother. Thank you.
4: When it comes to work, communication is key. Even if you don't have a writing job. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to grammarly.com podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at grammarly.com podcast.